0: Chapter 4 The Civil Rights Movement African American students in North Carolina hoped to stop segregation at lunch counters. They sat in the white section of diners. People were very rude to them. They still remained peaceful. They did not fight back. In April of 1960, SCLC leaders encouraged students to keep fighting segregation. By the summer, there had been sit-ins in 27 southern cities next king joined his father as co-pastor of the ebenezer baptist church this helped his civil rights work king himself participated in sit-ins in atlanta this led to his arrest on october nineteenth nineteen sixty many political leaders were surprised atlanta's mayor quickly released dr king however he put him on probation later king was put back in jail for a traffic violation King was again quickly released from prison. In 1960, the Supreme Court said again that bus segregation was illegal. People had to be allowed to travel across state lines. The Freedom Rides of 1961 began. The Freedom Rides focused on nonviolent direct action. Their purpose was to test the Supreme Court's decision. They did this by riding from Virginia to Louisiana on integrated buses this was the first civil rights event that included white participants in 1961 a college student named bob filner left the north he was on a bus heading to jackson mississippi he wanted to work for civil rights he would do this by protesting the segregated bus policies some were still in place in the deep south though he was white he was arrested in jackson for disturbing the peace Filner was one of hundreds of black-and-white civil rights activists. They decided to violate bus policies. Filner's ride was more peaceful than most. Unhappy mobs sometimes bombed buses. Some people beat the Freedom Riders. Many ended up in the hospital. White activists were harmed just as badly as African Americans. King worked as a spokesman behind the scenes. He was in contact with Robert Kennedy. Kennedy was the Attorney General of the United States. His brother John was the President. King encouraged Kennedy to help the riders. Nonviolence had been tested across the South. Local policemen learned how to work against it. This was a priority for Laurie Pritchett. He was the police chief in Albany, Georgia. Police often beat the protesters. Television showed these beatings. Many people were angry at the police. They felt sorry for the protesters. They wanted the government to stop the police. Many protesters were happy to be arrested. They knew that there were only so many jail cells in a city. The police couldn't find a place to jail people. Pritchett made sure he was ready for this too. He made sure that all the cells were never filled. King involved himself after things happened. In December of 1961, he led a protest towards the Albany City Hall. He and all the participants were arrested. King was quickly released to avoid news stories. He returned to Albany in February for a court hearing. He was given the choice of a fine or a jail term. King chose jail. Everyone in Albany knew that this would attract attention. They paid the fine for him. Fighting between police and protesters broke out in the summer of 1962. King tried to stop the violence. He could not. By the end of the summer, King gave up on Albany. Nonviolence was no longer working within the city. He considered it a lost cause. Both sides learned from Albany. The segregationists found a tactic that worked. King and the activists found a weakness in their strategy. Lessons from Albany were important. King and the SCLC began to target one of the South's worst cities, Birmingham, Alabama. It was so bad it was nicknamed Bombingham the city had seen the bombing of over ten black homes and churches. King involved himself in events in Birmingham. This time, he did not wait to step in on an active protest. Instead, he organized demonstrations in Birmingham himself. King recruited volunteers for sit-ins and demonstrations. He organized boycotts and protests in the city. King hoped boycotts would reduce sales at white businesses. He felt this would open the door to desegregation. The effects of boycotts failed throughout the next few months. In April, King was arrested for demonstrating without a permit. White authorities hoped to stop his boycott. This jailing would be a turning point in the civil rights movement. Albany officials worked to maintain good media coverage. Birmingham's leaders were not so wise. By arresting King, the city got a lot of attention. The Birmingham prison did not give King his one phone call. Coretta Scott King spoke personally to President Kennedy about the matter. People again felt sorry for King. During his time in jail, King wrote one of his most famous essays. It was called A Letter from Birmingham Jail. He wrote it on scraps of paper he collected in the jail. It is his best statement of his thoughts on nonviolence. He defends his nonviolent tactics, saying... You may well ask, why direct action? Why sit-ins, marches, etc.? Isn't negotiation a better path? You are exactly right in your call for negotiation. Indeed, this is the purpose of direct action. Nonviolent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and establish such creative tension that a community that has constantly refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue. Everyone in the country was watching Birmingham. King decided it was time for a big event. He planned the March on Washington for jobs and freedom. Many groups worked together to organize it. They wanted Congress to pass a civil rights bill. This law would guarantee equal treatment for all people. Thousands of people met in Washington in late August 1963. On the 28th, they went to the National Mall. King delivered his most famous speech, the I Have a Dream speech. In fact, It is one of the most famous speeches in history. King started by saying, I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Near the end of the speech, King told his big audience, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the colour of their skin, but by the content of their character. By the time he finished speaking, everyone knew something special had happened. King had joined Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, and Thomas Jefferson as one of America's most important people.